You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered. Listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Elise Perry. And I'm Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. This is the WFHB Local News for Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. The official state curriculum in Florida now declares that slavery was of, quote, personal benefit to black people. Later in the program, you will hear remarks from keynote speaker Jesse Hagopian, an award-winning educator and activist who spoke at the city's MLK Day celebration at the Buskirk Chumley Theater on Monday. More in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half hour, we have Better Beware, your weekly consumer watchdog segment with host and producer Richard Fish. More following today's feature, but first, your local headlines. The Monroe County Council elected new positions for the start of the year at their meeting on January 9th. First, Council President Kate Wiltz nominated Councilmember Trent Deckard as the new Council President. I would like to nominate Councilor Deckard as our president for this coming year. I've spent the last many months, I was going to say 12, but um, it's been many months of working closely on a lot of the administrative issues behind the scenes that um, go on with any body such as this. And his professionalism and thoughtfulness and care and consideration for each and every issue um, goes beyond what any anyone would expect. And so that said, I I would like him to um, be our be our leader, if you would. Deckard accepted the nomination. Thank you very much, Madam President, and I am very honored to be nominated. I am happy to serve in this role. Um, I, I look at this council and I see a collection of individuals who love this community, who put this community first and foremost. We occasionally have disagreements. Uh, we occasionally bicker. Sometimes some of the, the uh, conversations that we have to the side, faces might get red. Uh, but it's because every single person up here loves this community. Uh, and that is a great thing. So I consider you all to be colleagues in elected office and friends uh, very much. And I've served now since 2019 under three different council presidents, uh, including President Wiltz. I've known a lot of other individuals that have either sat on this council or been in this role. And I truly think the mark of a good uh, council president is that they're less of a president and more of a facilitator of dialogue and discussion. And I think if, and I've said this in other meetings about our political system currently, I think if we had more people generally and more bodies facilitating discussion amongst themselves towards a goal of getting things done, good heavens, the places we would go. So if I am your president, if I have this good honor and it, I have to say, coming from a, a, my daughters are nine generations in this community, and the fact that I could serve in this way, even being in this office as an at-large rep, it, that's a humbling thing, and it honors, it's, it's a, a huge honor for me. He said that he will imitate his leadership after the example Wilt modeled this past year. 
I do want to say, Madam President, that I'm going to model what you have done because I, in those meetings, when we're trying to figure things out, I've watched your diligence. Uh, you continuously fight for what is right over what is wrong, what is more efficient rather than just, well, we've always done this this way. You ask tough questions and I've watched you more than anyone else bite your tongue to defer to getting things done. And I, there's something to be said for that. I mean, if we watch the news, we don't see that a lot, do we friends? Um, so I see my role in this chair to do that and more of the same. Um, I do, there's a couple of things I wanna lay out that I would love to see this council do in the next year. Uh, it'll be no shock to anyone because uh, our chamber liaison said it very well. And by the way, Jim Shelton, uh, we wanna thank you for your service. Um, I sometimes, I wish I had a wristband up that, here that said, how would Jim Shelton vote? Because I try, <laughs> I try to stick generally in his direction. He's represented both the chamber and CASA well. So it's folks like that I model. Um, but I think long-term, short-term, there's just things that we've got to work on. Um, we, we're tasked with finance here, financing the work of this county and making sure that we have what we need so that folks like Ms. Ridge, our emergency management folks, that they get to do what they do, the clerk and the elections, to get what they do, our officers under the sheriff, they get to do what they do and that their folks are well taken care of. And so in the next year, I'd like to have uh, a finance committee that looks at some of these issues. And, and I, by the way, I stole this from President Wilts because she talks about this all the time. And she got some of that from also Councillor Hawk. I mean, we this is, this, is, this is not my plan, my ideas. These are what we talk about. But to look at our issues, talk with our friends at FSG and figure out what do we need to be asking about? What do we need to do? The nomination passed unanimously. Next, Councilmember Cheryl Munson nominated Councilmember Jennifer Crosley as the president pro tempore. Crosley was attending virtually, and there were some technical issues with her audio, but she did accept the nomination. The council voted to nominate her unanimously for the position of president pro temp. Next, the council members were appointed to their new positions as board liaisons. The next Monroe County Council meeting will be held on January 23rd. The Monroe County Community School Corporation Board met on January 9th for their reorganizational meeting. The board appointed ex-officio members. President April Hennessy thanked the members for their willingness to serve as ex-officio committee appointments. The next is item 3.14, ex-officio ex -officio committee appointments. I appreciate all of you for your willingness to participate as an ex-officio committee member. The 2024 Ex-Officio Committee members and the board appointment of the Ex-Officio Committee member for the Bloomington Redevelopment Committee for, the, for all committees are as follows. <laughs> um, ISBA Legislative Liaison, Ashley Parani. NCCSC Foundation Board, Aaron Cooperman. Insurance Committee, Ross Grimes. High Ability, Kathy Fuentes Rohr. Health Council, Aaron Bentley Wyatt and the Bloomington Redevelopment Committee will be Sam Fleener. Are there any concerns with the appointments? Hearing none, I make a motion to accept the recommendation of the ex-officio committee appointments as presented. The appointments were approved unanimously. Next, the board voted on the non-board related appointments. Also, as a part of item 3.14, we will vote on the non-board member appointments, which are continuing appointments as follows. MCCSC Building Committee, Jim Ewing, right? Sarah Rogers and Martha Street, um, the Monroe County Stormwater Advisory Board, Sam Fleener, the Monroe County Solid Waste Citizens Advisory Committee, Brad Lucas. 
Are there any concerns with the appointments? Hearing none, uh, do I have a motion to approve the non-board member appointments as presented? The appointments also passed unanimously. The next Monroe County Community School Corporation Board meeting will be held on January 23rd, 2024. On Monday, the City of Bloomington hosted its annual Martin Luther King Jr. Day celebration at the Buskirk Chumley Theater. This year's theme was Unlocking Freedom, the Transformative Power of Education. The keynote speaker was Jesse Hagopian, an award-winning educator who shared insights on educational equity and social justice. Hagopian discussed his experience visiting the site of a plantation in Mississippi where his ancestors were enslaved. Hagopian read a letter that he wrote to his ancestors when visiting the Lenoir Plantation. Beloved ancestors, many obstacles have been placed in the way of us returning to the land where you were enslaved, abused, and forced to work to enrich the white Lenoir enslavers. The pandemic, a stroke, fear of flying, long COVID delayed our journey here. Before that, the education system withheld any knowledge of where you came from, the cruelty you endured, or the creativity and the beautiful resistance that you contributed to the world. The system of white supremacy used many tactics to deceive and to prevent our family from making this pilgrimage to where you were held captive and denied manumission. Despite the many obstacles and the plots to hide this place from us and deny us knowledge of this land and your existence here, we have found it. Your family has returned to claim you. We have returned to the forced enslaved labor camp that was politely referred to as the Lenoir Plantation. We have returned to the place where you no doubt spent endless hours picking cotton and tobacco with the promise of the lash if you slowed down or refused. We have returned to the site of unspeakable horrors, but we have also returned to the place where you all dared to live. A place where you all had the incredible courage to love despite knowing that falling in love could inflict a terrible pain when your beloved was sold away or worked to death. We are here. We are at the very place where you found ways to guard your humanity from those who thought it was possible to steal. We are here where you sang together granted forgiveness to a friend who hurt your feelings, dressed the wounds of those who were injured, bounced a baby on your knee, and held those in need of comfort. We are here to experience a truth deeper than any that can be understood intellectually. We are here to make a promise to you, to this land, and to each other. 
you will not be forgotten. It doesn't matter if they pass laws to make it illegal to speak about you or to teach about you or to learn about you because those laws don't govern us. Only the truth and love govern us. And so we will pass on the knowledge of this land and your existence here to our posterity and to all we encounter. We send you our deepest gratitude for gifting us the will to survive and the spirit of resistance that you pass to us through your blood and through your stories. With love, Jesse, Jamana, and Gerald. During the keynote address, Hagopian criticized attacks on education when it comes to the history of slavery and racism in classrooms today. The attacks are so intense that in Florida, the official state curriculum in Florida now declares that slavery was of, quote, personal benefit to black people. Well said. It's un imaginable. In Florida today, it is now a $5,000 fine with five-year jail sentence for educators who get caught with the wrong book about race, gender, or sexuality in their classroom. I, I'm working with educators in Florida right now organizing study groups with courageous educators who are using the book I co-edited, Teaching for Black Lives, as a text to bring teachers together to think about how to combat these laws. And these teachers are risking a great deal. But they're going ahead and refusing to lie to their students anyway. Right? You can see these courageous educators refusing to bow to the authoritarianism of Ron DeSantis and his cronies. And I want you to consider the utter absurdity of the fact that the same initiative that is banning books, thousands of books across the country, including books about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, these people who are banning books about Martin Luther King are also trying to claim his mantle, are also trying to say that they speak for Martin Luther King today. Right? This is, this is what really uh, it bothers me. Let's look at a quote from the speaker, Kevin McCarthy. He said, critical race theory goes against everything Martin Luther King Jr. taught us not to judge others by the color of their skin. The left is trying to take America backward, right? So just as this movement is attempting to ban these books, they're also claiming that they speak for him, and I want to reject that today and look at what King actually said, right? Because we know that King spoke very explicitly about race. He spoke very explicitly about structural and systemic racism. 
He said the doctrine of white supremacy is embedded in every textbook. Can you imagine if I taught my students this quote in, in Tennessee, in Florida, in Iowa, or in Idaho? I could lose my job for quoting Martin Luther King saying that the textbooks often are embedded with racism and white supremacy, right? That's the reality of what's happening in, in America today. Hosts Clarence Boone and Liz Mitchell from WFHB's Black Affairs program, Bring It On, interviewed Hagopian in December. During that interview, Hagopian tackled a question dealing with attacks on anti-racist education in schools. The attack on anti-racist education that's happening right now across the country is absolutely breathtaking. It is, it is so outrageous that a dystopian story that you want would have thought was just fantastical, like the book Fahrenheit 451, where, where firefighters burn books, right? Or the book 1984, where the state declares ignorance is strength. These are quickly becoming our reality in, in the U.S. They banned AP African American studies in Florida. And it's not just Florida. It's all across the country. Over half of all students in public schools, excuse me, almost half of public school students in the U.S. are affected by one of these anti-history, anti-truth laws that are being imposed either at the state house level or the school board level uh, that seek to ban teachers' ability to teach the truth about Black history. Uh, or about LGBTQ identity. And it, it's really breathtaking to see how many books have been banned all across the country. In Texas, one of the school libraries uh, was turned into a detention center. Um, I had a friend yeah. teaching in Iowa, uh, not the South, right? Um, but in Iowa, who was teaching the book Stamped from the Beginning about the history of, of racist ideas and uh, was getting attacked by a state senator. So he asked, his, he asked his superintendent if they could have a meeting so he could, be, he could get clarity on what he was able to teach. And thankfully, it was recorded so, you, so everybody can watch it now and decide for themselves. But in that meeting, he asked the superintendent, is it okay that I teach that slavery was wrong? And the breathtaking answer from the superintendent that that is an opinion, right, really has to be seen to, to be believed. To listen to the full interview with Jesse Hagopian, high school educator and social justice activist, visit wfhb.org following this broadcast.
Up next, we have Better Beware, your weekly consumer watchdog segment on the WFHB Local News. For more, we turn to host and producer Richard Fish. Welcome to Better Beware. Here's your consumer watchdog from WFHB Community Radio with the latest information and helpful hints designed to keep your head out of the clouds, your feet on the ground, and your money in your pocket. Well, it's 2024, and WFHB has been on the air for 31 years. When I checked back, I was startled to realize that this column has been broadcast for 18 years. Unfortunately, it looks like you'd better beware even more as the future unrolls. Time was, in living memory, including mine, when most people went through their entire lives without ever being hit on by a con artist. But that all changed in the last three decades, and now we all get bombarded with scams and swindles many times every day. So, looking back, what happened in 2023? For one thing, artificial intelligence programs exploded on the scene, and they're a double-edged sword. Scammers jumped on them to make their schemes sneakier and more successful. But AI also offers the promise of making it easier to detect and prevent fraud once the good guys catch up to the bad guys. Experian, the worldwide credit monitoring and data analysis company, has issued a detailed report on fraud trends in the past year, and they've identified five top areas that got the biggest boosts fake text messages and emails that look like they came from your employer have ballooned. You can be tricked into replying with your personal information or company secrets or into doing things that cost the company big bucks, like buying and shipping stuff or even buying gift cards and sending the numbers to whoever's pretending to be your boss. Shopping on social media is getting very risky. Lots of fraudsters now infest places like Facebook Marketplace because they know 58% of us have bought things they saw on social media. Peer-to-peer payment services like PayPal and Venmo are being hijacked more and more by swindlers because they transfer money instantly and permanently. Sometimes you find you've bought something that doesn't exist, or maybe you've been hornswoggled into giving away your account information. Phony job postings are all over the place, especially for working remotely. In 2023, at least 14 million people got sucked into giving up their personal data when they applied, or actually got hired to do something illegal, like repackaging and shipping stolen merchandise. And crooks are getting good at creating people who don't exist. Here's where artificial intelligence is going great guns. Using stolen personal info from the dark web, they create a synthetic identity with a fully detailed history and background and use this digital Frankenstein to borrow money, open charge accounts, buy things, make investments, and cause so many losses that it gets more and more expensive for us real people to do those things. Believe it or not, some of the Ghanifs are even showing up in person at bank branches and tricking helpful employees into opening accounts and cashing rubber checks. That trend doubled in the last year. Next year, I mean this year, we'll look at that next time. Stay alert, stay safe, 
and have a happy new year anyway. I'm Richard Fish for WFHB News and Public Affairs. Better Beware comes to you from WFHB Bloomington, Indiana. Find all our episodes at WFHB.org. If you can help put the kibosh on a con, email beware at WFHB.org. Remember, swindlers never give a sucker an even break. Support for the WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noel Herhusky Snyder in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Cade Young. Better Beware is produced by Richard Fish. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Noel Herhusky Schneider. And I'm Elise Perry. Thank you for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters WFHB wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for Hearabouts, Asian American Midwest Radio, coming up on WFHB. WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 